What's going on? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. Are you on The Juice yet? Largest library of marketing and sales resources on the planet, and it's free, curated for you. I'm excited about today's conversation. I am joined by Lindsay McGuire from the Goldcast content team. She is talking about how to keep your creativity alive when everything tries to kill it. We talk about things like breaking down silos. We talk about understanding the biggest roadblocks, internal expectation setting, and just defining what creativity means. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a friend about Modern Day Marketer. One more plug, we've got an event in a week going on regarding growth through community. You're going to want to check that out. Link is in the show notes. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. It feels like we've had a slew of these conversations where I'm talking with marketers local to me, which is always fun and exciting. And today's conversation is no different. The topic first, and then I'll introduce today's guest, is going to be how to keep your creativity alive when everything tries to kill it, which I think is a topic all marketers struggle with. I know I certainly do. And I am joined by Lindsay McGuire, who's the Associate Director of Content and campaigns at Goldcast. We love Goldcast over here at The Juice. Lindsay, welcome. How are you? Hey, Brett. Happy to be here. I am doing phenomenal. How are you today? I cannot complain. It's uh, When I woke up this morning, it was like 60 degrees outside here in Indy, which not sweating through my shirt uh, when I was dropping my daughter off at daycare. So uh, those are always positive mornings. How are you? Yes, doing well. I will say the weather has been lovely lately. You know, it can always be kind of hit or miss in the Midwest for anyone living in our region. Uh, So it's been very nice lately, and I'm hoping to enjoy it the rest of the week. We'll see. Yeah, definitely uh, crossing our fingers. And maybe before we dive too deep into the topic, I know you're new at Goldcast. So I maybe if I'm sure we talk about Goldcast all the time here, but maybe for anyone who doesn't know, maybe brief the audience on who Goldcast is, what y'all do, and maybe just like how you fit in and how your uh, onboarding experience has been so far. Yeah, of course. So Goldcast is a digital events platform that can really help any business run their digital events. So that would be anything from webinars and multi-episode series all the way to larger summits and conferences. I joined the team on June 5th, so still very, very new, what, a little, uh, almost two months in, actually a little over two months in. So I joined to lead the content and campaigns function. So my role is overseeing, creating all the content that we're putting out the door, as well as planning for and running the campaigns. What we're working on right now is a large AI summit happening on October 18th. So if AI is a trending topic in your world, which I assume it is, it's everywhere, uh, please mark that on your calendar. We'd love to have you there. Uh, It'll be ran on Goldcast, so it's a great way to get a feel for our platform and what it's like. But essentially, it turns any digital event into more of a two-way interaction. So it's not just you sitting there watching someone present a screen. There's so much opportunity for engagement from chats and emojis and GIFs to getting on stage even and talking with presenters or having back and forth conversations as a viewer. So it's really fun. I've really enjoyed joining the uh, marketing to marketer world. I haven't lived this role before, so it's a lot of fun. I love it. And I I can validate and confirm through our subset of data on the juice that AI is a topic that we all care about. It was 
a top five topic of, for content marketers uh, recently as I was digging in the data. And I know you can't go anywhere without hearing about AI. So we'll definitely plug that event in the show notes, but let's maybe dive into the topic. As I was like thinking about this, I was like, this is going to be kind of like therapeutic in a way. It's going to be a little introspective in a way, but maybe just out of the gates, like from your point of view, I'm, I'm curious, like defining creativity and what it means to be creative in the workplace, kind of just broader, broader uh, pitching your with a broader question just out of the gates. Yeah, you know, it's a hard one because it's one of those realms that can go in so many different directions. And it really depends on the function in marketing you're doing as well. But to me, creativity is really just finding that spark, that idea, that fresh new vision in any realm of work you're doing, whether it's design, whether it's copywriting, whether it's web development, whatever function and facet. It's just finding ways to think in new ways, think in different new ways, find ways to experience with what you're doing and trying to figure out how to do things you've done probably every day, every week, every month in different and might I say like extraordinary ways that might be a little bit of a loaded statement there. But to me, it's just figuring out how you can rev really that that genius inside your mind that sometimes you have to quell down because there's just so much to do and your to-do list is 80 million miles long. And you're like, I don't have time to just sit and free think. I don't have time to just look at an inspiration and dig into you know what could be, what, what might be. And so just giving yourself the freedom to like dive into that a little bit is I think what creativity is to me. Do you find that being creative is uh, easier or more challenging in the remote work environment? I think it's a double-edged sword there because yes, it is sometimes maybe a bit harder to collaborate and to be creative across a team. But if you put the time and effort into it and figure out processes that work for your team and, and who you are as an organization or a company or a department, I think you can make it work. For instance, at my last company, we did a lot of uh, work with like fig jam boards and figuring out fun little widgets we could put in there and things that made it interactive and fun and engaging, but still allowed us to be able to do what we needed to do in our kind of time constraint and, and Zoom box constraint. And of course, like there are some people who will advocate for, oh, you just can't get back the magic of in-person. And I will never, ever disagree with that. There is definitely a level of magic and inspiration and collaboration that can come from in-person. But I think every week, every month, every year, we get closer to having a digital, ooh, a digital replication of that. So I think when it comes down to it, it's just finding out what works for your team and the personalities and work types on your team. It's definitely feasible and possible. I mean, I've ran every digital campaign I've done in the last six years practically remote. At my last org, I did have an office, but I was maybe in office once a day besides when we were all home because of COVID. So it's definitely achievable and feasible. You just have to come into it with the right mindset. And I think it's kind of like if you've ever talked to anyone who works or serves or sells non-alcoholic beverages, so they have like non-alcoholic wine and they'll tell you, you have to go into the experience, not expecting it to be actual wine because it's different. And I think if you have that mindset coming into it, you'll be better prepared and you'll have better results at the end of the day. I love it. And maybe like when we talk about creativity, I think we're going to talk about it from like the creator point of view, because we're both 
in our roles creators, but I just want to put a disclaimer on this. I think this applies to almost any function in marketing and probably outside of marketing too. But I would like right before we got on the recording, like I was just in HubSpot. We have an event we're going to launch on Thursday. And I was like building out all the uh, forms and we had some changes to be made and writing some copy and trying to figure out what I can standardize. And there's just like all of these mini steps that as a small team, as a marketer, like I have to go through in order to make sure stuff gets done. So when I'm thinking about being in the weeds and kind of getting my hands dirty, I don't necessarily think about being creative. So maybe like talk a little bit about like breaking down all of those steps in a creator's workflow and maybe the time it takes away from us being creative and if that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that is really the huge issue when you're on a small team, right? You don't have those very niche specialized roles that can really take that off your work plate so that you can be more focused on being a creative. So I totally feel that pain, especially now um, I'm at a much smaller marketing team. I think we have under 10 full-time marketers in our marketing department. So I understand where that kind of issue and that kind of balance needs to come in. And I think for me, what I found is standardization and automation are the two keys there. That will really help set you up for success. And I think there's creativity there too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if any listeners are Monday users, but we are transitioning to Monday for our project management and I actually am an OG user from the days when it was called DePulse. I'm sorry, Monday, but a much better name. Why did you name your work? <laughs> oh, <laughs> still love your product, so it's fine. But I find creativity in figuring out smart solutions to solve those problems. So if there's something that needs to happen every day, every week, every month, or there's some kind of communication that needs to come from me to my designer on a cadence how can I figure out a creative way to automate that, especially with our project management tools we have nowadays? They are becoming so advanced and creative and smart with the automations they have. I will say it's not perfect. You know, you're going to break the systems. You're going to want to do things that aren't feasible yet. Monday support probably is tired of me because I'm always in their chat being like, I want to do this, but how exactly do I do it? I didn't see in your automations. But I think if you get into a groove where once a month, every other month, every six months, you take the time to look at your processes and figure out like where can your tools help you standardize and automate so that you do get more of that time for the things that bring you passion. Because burnout comes from a lot of things, but one part of burnout is doing shit that you don't want to do every day, day in, day out, right? Like let's break it on down. And so if you can find easy, creative ways to use the tools and even maybe new tools too, you know, there's always opportunity that there's something else that can come into your tech stack to help with those things. But I think the more you can focus on standardization and automation, and when I talk about standardization, one thing I'm working on now is our kind of campaign templates we use for our events. Obviously, we're a digital events platform, so we're very much an event-led marketing function. And so we run events, you know, every month, if not multiple events per month. Actually, we do. We have two standard events we run every month and then our larger campaign events. 
But what I'm really focused on now is figuring out how can we standardize this process month to month, event to event. So it's not reinventing the wheel every time. It's easier for everyone else. And the tools we have are doing that minuscule work that really like sucks your soul out of you sometimes. I mean, maybe it's fun for some people. I mean, you know, some days I'm like, oh, you know, project management would be so bad. But I, I think some of these little things can be really, really a soul sucker at the end of the day. So. Yeah, I feel in that soul sucking a lot. Um, and I try to do, try to think about whatever I can do to jump past that. And no matter how quickly or how high I jump past those certain things, they always find a way to creep back into my overall uh, workflow. But one thing I wanted to call out that you said was when I think about being creative, oftentimes I think about maybe like taking a step back and thinking about new campaign ideas, new content projects, ways to collaborate with other people in our space. And I, I've never really thought about cre being creative deep down in the weeds on a topic like project management, but I think I just wanted to like resurface that because I think that's a really important takeaway for anyone listening that like creative thinking and creative operating doesn't necessarily mean, need to mean like new, fresh design, new, fresh campaign ideas, new collaboration opportunities. It can just be getting your stuff done more efficiently and quicker than it was before. Yeah. I mean, anyone and everyone can be creative. It's just finding the areas in your day-to-day and -day your work and your job and your department and enter XYZ. You can take it into your personal life, even just figuring out what areas do bring you passion when you're creative. And my team's both my past team and my current team will tell you like nothing gets me more excited than when I figured out an automation in Monday that I thought couldn't exist. And then I figured it out either by myself or with help and, you know, extensive Googling and falling down rabbit holes. But it, it is like this moment of like, oh my gosh, I created this, especially if it's something that's not out of the box. And I assume it's probably a little bit, I have a lot of friends who are programmers. And so I just kind of think about, man, it must be like that feeling a programmer gets when there's some kind of bug code or something going wrong, or they don't quite know how to code X, Y, Z, and then they finally crack it. Like that's creativity right there. So it doesn't have to, like you say, live in the realm of the writers and the artists and, you know, the designers, like we can all find ways that we can be creative in our day-to-day -day life. I mean, as simple as like figuring out a way to better put dishes in your dishwasher, like that can be creative as lame as that sounds, you know, I mean, I'm in my thirties. So those are things that can be just at home, but I think you are very right that anyone can tap into their creativity and don't reserve it just for people that you think are artists or are creatives. Like it can be in all of us really. So th there are things that impede our creativity. And obviously the episode title is everything tries to kill it. That's a part of it. Like what, maybe like talk through those roadblocks and as creatives that we face and maybe ways that you found to overcome them. Yeah, I think a common one, especially here in America, is the fact that we are compiled by so many meetings. We have so many things on our to-do list. We're probably juggling 8, 10, 15 plus different deliverables and projects and timelines. And it really comes down to like making the time to be creative because you need to make space for it. If you can't make space for it, it's it's not going to happen. You know, maybe once in a blue moon, it might when you just have that spark while you're in something else. But if you don't prioritize that time to be creative, then 
All those other things are going to kill your creativity. If you don't have that free thinking space, uh, there are a lot of people who advocate for at least having like an hour plus a day just to think about what you need to think about, whether that's a big campaign, a data problem, an issue in Salesforce, like whatever it might be, just giving yourself that breathing space and that it's so hard, especially if you're like a type A like me, just to give yourself like time just to be blank. And to think creatively and dive down roads and research. And it can be hard, especially if you are upper management, a higher level leader who is in a lot of calls, in a lot of team meetings. But first and foremost, it's just like finding the ability to make that time because otherwise your fire is not going to be stoked and those coals are going to like lose that fire uh, slowly over time. I think another one, if I want to get kind of niched down into my specific role as being a content marketer and a writer, I think it is getting on the same page with your editor and whoever is in that editing process. I think a lot of the times if there is inconsistency there or a misalignment of overall views and vision and style, that can absolutely just kill your creativity in all ways, shapes, and and sizes. I mean, if you time and time again, keep getting pieces back and they are absolutely redlined, like that's going to happen from time to time. Sometimes you're just going to be having a bad day or just going to be off on the brief or, you know, things happen. But if that's happening consistently, like there's a greater problem that needs to be addressed because something with the vision and the mission and the messaging is not aligned between you and your editor or you and your top level leader whoever that that feedback is coming from. And over time, that makes you lose your spark. I mean, nothing sucks more than thinking you just knocked something out of the park and you you get people to come back time and time again. And they can't really like say what it is. It just doesn't fit what their expectation was. So setting those expectations, being clear on things that should be clear from an editing perspective, Because nothing's worse, like I said, than like getting so jazzed about something and being like beaten down time and time again. And I bet there are lots of writers and editors and marketers here, content marketers who have probably had this experience. And in my own experience, it's just trying to find the common grounds and where are they missing? Where am I missing? How can we minimize these issues so that we're not stuck in these like feedback loops and editorial processes and Again, going back to the process conversation, I also think that can kill your creativity. If you have too many steps, too many checks, too many reviewers. I mean, I've worked on projects where the copy, the original copy looked absolutely nothing like the final copy because there were eight cooks in the kitchen and they all have their own perspectives and thoughts and ideas. And I think this, and I think this, and it just morphs. And sometimes that's a good thing, but I think in a lot of times it takes away from the original thought, the original creativity, the original idea, and that can be maybe more harmful than good at the end of the day. You just shared a whole lot there. And so that should let everyone know there's plenty of roadblocks out there and we all have to think in how to overcome them. And I think uh, one of my main takeaways is like communication is a big deal. And I want to maybe get back to the the editor, editor like component and talk a little bit through that. But before we do, I think uh, dedicated time and f- making sure we have dedicated time to think actually think, I think I've been saying this a lot, but like marketers have like this unbridled ambition and we just want to like ship stuff all the time and go, 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 go. And it's like, when we are heads down and trying to be creative, it's like, we get Slack messages and we cross functional help. So it's like, 
I guess like the question is like, what is the balancing act between publishing, shipping, uh, managing expectations with our team through platforms like Slack and actually like taking a step back and like thinking about how we can be more creative? Like what's the balancing act with all that? It's hard and it's going to be different for every individual and every organization. I think it really depends on how you communicate across people and teams and the level of respect you have. I think we have gotten better as general humanity with this because of our shift to more of a remote work situation. And if you put your Slack status as like, do not disturb or like in dark mode, I would say likely generally more people than less will respect that than not. So I think we at least have done some work in that realm to protect our time and people being okay with protecting your time. And as long as you're transparent with that and you're putting it out there, like right now, my Slack status is recording a podcast, D&D, and I'm offline. And I obviously don't have it open because I'm not going to risk someone not following that. But I would think when I log back on, I'm probably not going to have any DMs because I think people have come to a realization that you only have so much time in a day and being able to have that just by myself, heads down, clear time to just focus on either creativity or getting that copy done or looking at this imagery and making decisions on which version we're going to go with. Like that's really important, not only to like your creativity or workflows, but like your overall health, right? Like we know the damage that comes with continually being pinged and all the emails and all the messages and all the people. And especially like if you're a parent, like it just makes me think of the back of my head, like mom, 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 you know, <laughs> like at some point you just have to have some me time. Right. And it's not selfish in either of those situations because it's going to help you be a better worker, a better coworker, better colleague, better mom, insert whatever else. And so I think it's just really, when it comes down to it, it's, thinking like you would with like work-life balance, which people have their own ideas about and whether it's achievable or not, but you have to be able to set those, those boundaries, right. And know like, okay, I'm going to log in here and log off then. And, or I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. Like one thing that's important to me, I don't put my work email on my phone. I just don't, my phone is my phone. It's my personal cell phone. Like don't need to be there. And so I think thinking about protecting that time and having that free time the same way you would think about protecting your free time outside of work. And it takes practice. It takes strategies. It takes learning what works for you and what doesn't. But I think over time, you can build it into almost like your habits and it just becomes second nature to you. So back to the editor scenario that you called out and just getting on the same page. I'm curious because you're a new employee at a new company is there anything specifically you did through maybe the hiring to the onboarding to today that you're just making sure you're setting the right expectations with the individuals that you're working with on a regular basis to make sure that none of these potential conflicts happen down the road? Yeah, I think in my situation, we are a very young company. You know, we're under four years old. So very, very young, not super established with either on the process side or just anything really in general, because we are so young and new and we're not a huge org either. You know, we have under 150 people. So still a relatively like small organization overall. But I think with that, it's just being open with your communication and being not afraid to ask questions and bring up things and approach 
approach situations that might be like a little uncomfortable or a little like, oh, I don't know what people are going to say, but if you're open from the get-go and you walk into a new situation like this, being open to collaboration, open to help, open to support, and being that person who's willing to talk about things that maybe people have just ignored for a long time and being able to push in a good way, I think that's a great way to start out at a new org. One thing I've been slowly working on is trying to figure out how to up-level our kind of brand overall as far as our design work, our copywriting, the consistency across our website. And so if you can come in and just figure out a few spots that can use some improvement and then being willing to meet people where they're at and build off of that, I think that's a helpful way to do that. And then as far as just kind of like setting those expectations as far as like editors and working with freelancers and things like that, it's just as you build these relationships, I think it's also important to know people as people. Like, I think that will help you interpret how they're doing things and how they're working. And if issues arise, it's easier to approach if you actually know them as a human versus just like Susie, Sally, who's your copywriter that you know nothing about. And you might have to have like a difficult conversation So I think knowing people from like the human side is super helpful in those situations, but it's just always being open, always being communicative, especially being a new head of content, like setting the expectation, like things are going to change because I am a different person than the person in the role before, but even our brand, our brand is continually evolving and changing. And so just setting the expectation that things are going to be changing and don't be alarmed when they change. And I will be clear and transparent and you can ask me questions and you can even push back if you think I'm making the wrong decision. Because if I come in and I'm just like a dictator, like that's no good, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's funny listening to you talk. It just seems like the answers are always back in the basics and those foundational things as marketers, whether it's, you know, communication, relationship building, getting to understand people as people. Uh, The answers always seem to be like in there somewhere. It just, we always kind of get taken away by the new shiny object. Maybe we close out with this. I'd I'd love to get, we've covered a lot of ground. This has been a lot of fun, but just maybe understanding for any of the listeners out there, like how do we know when we're operating in an environment where we can be the most creative? Like what should our work look like? How should people be responding to it? Anything there? Oh, I can talk about this for a long time, Brett. So you might've opened a really, really bad door for me, but I think first and foremost, one thing that's super helpful, and I'll start from working with others and then kind of shift into yourself. When working with others, I think one of the most important pieces or like what I have found most helpful is understanding other people's work styles and work preferences and putting an emphasis on that. Some people would much rather jump on a call and chat something out versus others are like, oh my God, you telling me I have to jump on a call is giving me max anxiety and like what is happening? So knowing those preferences of my coworker is super, super helpful. And you can even integrate that into like DISC or strength finders or those kind of personality things. Enneagram is another huge one right now. If you know those pieces of your coworkers and colleagues, like, yeah, they're not going to 100% fit into those perfect kind of like personality algorithms, 
but they do really give you a strong starting point of understanding people. Are they more emotional? Are they more analytical? Are they more decisive? Are they more go with the crowd? Like knowing those pieces of people and then relating that back to how they work and how they prefer things. Like, especially in my last role, there were some people who they needed to be so prepped before a call to come to a call with value. And if you know that ahead of time, like you can set yourself up for like so much more success, because if you get someone like that on a call without that prep, you're going to waste 30, 45 minutes, 60 minutes of your time. And like none of us have that time. Let's be real. So I think first and foremost, it's understanding how others want to work and how they want to work with you. And there might be parts of like the function of your job that impact that too. Right. So thinking about things like that can really help you set yourself up for creativity and efficiency. And people will trust you and respect you if you do things like that. My mom always has told me like the most important aspect of others is consideration. And I think that can go worlds. I can get you worlds ahead as far as just the relationships you're building and the work you're able to achieve. As far as yourself, I think it's knowing just like what sparks you up or like what is a setup where you can work on something for two hours and be like, oh my God, it's been two hours. Like what? You know, it's not like checking your watch every 10 minutes. You're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I think part of that is figuring out when you're most productive, like for myself, if I have heavy writing I need to do, or if I need to have some of that, like really focused time I have to do in the morning, like by the afternoons, I'm just tapped out. Like I'm just over it. And I just can't have that like deep focus anymore. So for instance, today uh, we're launching a new series for demand gen marketers. And today I was like, I have to get my email plan done. I have to get the copywriting done. And I was like, that's the first thing I'm going to do when I log in because my brain will be fresh. I'll be relaxed. I'll be like in my zone. And so figuring out like, when are you optimal and also knowing things that like, if you're really out of sync, like what can like get you back in? So for me, and like, if you are watching this, the video, you'll see my dogs behind me. For me, if I'm just feeling crappy and tapped out and like, I got nothing left in me, like what I do to help me is just like, take my dogs outside for a walk, like 10 minutes, get outside, enjoy the beautiful fresh air play with my dogs. They bring me joy. And that'll just give me that like, kind of like synapsis respark. I need to be like, okay, I've had a little break. I'm back in. I feel refreshed. So it's just figuring out like, what are those things for you? And for some people, maybe it's like taking a game break and playing like a quick little word game. I've been doing like, I don't even know what's called, but like the matching four things from the New York times. Anyone know what that's called? I can't remember, but anyways, But just figuring out like what can snap you out of it when you're not in the zone and also knowing like when your zone is are two super helpful things for like being able to be creative and knowing like when you can rev that up higher and when you might need to do it lower. And it can also help with like setting your meetings. If there are some just like check-in meetings where you can be more casual and more relaxed, put in the times when you are not like in the zone because they're not going to need that much capacity. So many good nuggets, information in this one. I, Lindsay, I got to tell you, I needed this. I needed to hear someone else talk about this topic because it is so easy to get in funks, especially as we're all trying to grind it out and double, especially if you're working as a marketer on a small team. Lindsay, this was a ton of fun. We'll have to do this again sometime soon. 
Oh yeah. I'm always open to talk about creativity and you know, those funks happen and it really sucks and you just have to get yourself out of them. So don't force it y'all. Like if you are feeling down and you're like, this is not my jam right now, like take a break, get out of it for a second because you're just going to hit your head against the wall otherwise. So I know you can spark your creativity, figure out what is going to be able to be that rev for you and feel free to share it with me. Like I love to know like what gets other people going and what allows them to be more creative, especially as we talk more about like AI and how that can be a supporter of marketers. And so, yeah, I'm just always open for the conversation. Always fun to talk with you, Brett. So thank you so much. Yeah, we'll put Lindsay's socials in the show notes. So definitely hit her up and check out Goldcast while you're at it. Lindsay, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, you, Brett. Really enjoyed that chat with Lindsay. She has got a great perspective on how to prioritize your time being creative. Go check out Lindsay and Goldcast work. Love what they're doing. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back with more Modern Day Marketer soon.